Now, before we get started, uh, if y'all have noticed some new lights in that back hallway, uh, Brother Kevin has put lights up for us, so we thank you for that, doing that. I told him it looked a lot brighter back there, so... <laughs> if you would, open your Bibles to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. If you have a bulletin, I forgot to put the chapter down. It just says verses 13 and 14, but it's Galatians chapter 5. I told Steve I couldn't even blame Philip for that one. So that was all on me. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. As you're turning there, I want to ask you a question what does the word Christian mean? What does the word Christian mean? Have you ever thought about the meaning of the word? You know, we call ourselves Christians. And we have been called Christians since the time of the early church. If you turn to Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it says that we were first called Christians at Antioch. So it's been, you know, we have been called Christians since the early church. So what does the word mean? The word means one who follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. One who follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. So that, you know, begs another question. What does it mean to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ? To follow Jesus Christ, to follow his teachings, mean that, means that we obey. We must obey. There has to be obedience to the teachings of Jesus Christ to be a follower. We have to obey his teachings. And when we look through the New Testament, there are many descriptions and explanations on how we are to live as Christians, how we are to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I believe Paul, here in Galatians, tells us one of the best, or gives us one of the best explanations of this. Again, if you would, look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. It's written... For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty as an occasion unto the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, which is this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you today, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. And I just thank you, Lord, that we could just come today and meet and fellowship and just learn from your word. And Lord, I just ask your blessings upon this service today. Pray, Lord, that you would just be with me and give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross and the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, I just pray that you would again be with those that could not make it today, those that may be traveling, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And we're going to, again, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship together. 
just bind down Satan and let him have no part of the service. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. To give some background of what Paul is talking about in chapter 5, you, you really have to go back to chapter 4. Because in chapter 4, starting with verses 21 through 31, Paul is discussing Hagar and Sarah. But he's really not discussing Hagar and Sarah. He's discussing the law, and he's discussing liberty in Jesus Christ. And what he does is he likens Hagar to Mount Sinai and the law. And he likens Sarah to Jerusalem, the place where Jesus Christ was crucified, to liberty in Jesus Christ. And we see this in chapter 4, verse 31, where pretty much he, he tells the Galatians, the Galatian Christians, he says, you know, you are not children of the bondwoman, you are children of the free woman. You are children of Sarah. Thus they were not to live under the bondage of the law. They were not to live under the bondage of the law. And then in chapter 5, verse 1, he writes, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Christ has made us free, and they were to stand fast in that liberty, that freedom that Christ has given them. And they were not to put themselves back under the law. And that's what was going on in Galatia in those churches is you had Jewish Christians that were telling the, the Galatian Gentiles that they had to live according to the law. Well, in doing that, they were putting themselves back under the bondage of the law. And Paul tells them that they are free from the bondage of the law. They're not to be entangled with the yoke of bondage. But when you look at the freedom that Christ has given us, yes, he has freed us from the law, but he has also freed us from the bondage of sin. Sin also has a bondage to it. Before we knew Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, what were we? We were dead in our sins and our trespasses. We were under this yoke of sin. Our will was under bondage of sin. Christ has freed us from that. Not only are we freed from the bondage of the law, he has given us freedom from the bondage of sin. And this is where our obedience who Jesus Christ should be seen. If Christ has given us liberty from the bondage of the law, 
if Christ has given us liberty from the bondage of sin, we are to use this liberty in following him. We can't use it any other way. Because what happens if we use our liberty and we don't follow him? We're going to sin. We're going to fall to sin. So our liberty must be used in following Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul writes in verse 13. Look again at verse 13. He says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty as an occasion unto the flesh or sin. But by love serve one another. Look at the last part of that verse. But by love serve one another. But by love serve one another. And then Paul follows that by something else. He says that the law is fulfilled in one command. Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. So what's he telling us? He's telling us that we are to use our liberty following Christ, but also in love. In love. By love, serve one, one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says that that fulfills the law. But I want you to think about something. We know that we fulfill the law through Jesus Christ because he fulfilled the law when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. His righteousness is imputed to us. Therefore, we fulfill the law through him. But Paul tells us that we fulfill the law by loving our neighbor. How? Think about the law. It talks about idolatry, adultery, murder, covetousness. We're not to do any of those things, but if you think about all of those things, if we love our neighbor, we're not going to be sinning against anyone else. If we love our neighbor, we're not going to go out and murder them. If we love our neighbor, we're not going to commit adultery. If we love our neighbor, we're not going to covet what they have. If we love our neighbor, we're going to honor our fathers and our mothers. But look at it another way too. If we love our neighbor, we're not going to be idolaters. Because love and loving our neighbor means we also love God because he too is our neighbor. Everywhere we go, God is there. So 
So how do we fulfill the law by loving our neighbor? I'm going to put it another way. We show love of God. We show love of God when we show love to others. We show our love of God when we show love to others. How are we to live as Christians? How are we to follow Jesus Christ? What does it mean to live as a Christian? It means we live in love. We live in love. God calls us to love. And we are to love our neighbors. People should see love in us. People should see love in us. They should see the love of Christ flowing from us. Our liberty in Christ should lead us to love. It should lead us to love. It should lead us to love others. We should have love of God and love of neighbor. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to live as a Christian. Paul calls love of neighbor a fulfilling of the law. And this is not the only place that he does it. If you turn over to Romans chapter 13 verses 8 and 10, he says the same thing. That the fulfilling of the law is seen in loving of our neighbor. Because love shows that we belong to God. Love shows that we belong to Jesus Christ. It goes back to what Francis Schaeffer once wrote. Love marks us as a Christian. The mark of the Christian is love. Christ-like love shown to others. People should see love in us and know that we belong to Jesus Christ. Now think about obedience to Christ. Obedience to the teachings of Christ. Did not Christ tell us to love? But think about something else that Christ said. Remember he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Obedience to Christ, living as a Christian, means that we love. We love others. And what will loving others do? Showing this Christ-like love to others. What will it do? It will keep us from sinning against and harming others. Because when we love, when we're showing the love of God to others, when we're showing the love of Christ, when we're letting that love flow from us, we're not going to want to harm others by sinning against them. I mean, think about that. Love means that we render good... To others. 
Love means that we render good to others and it will keep us from harming others through sin. This is why love marks us as a Christian. This is why love shows that we belong to Jesus Christ. A Christian is one who follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. And one thing that Jesus taught us is how to love others. Self-sacrificial love of other people, towards other people. And I believe this is also seen in how Paul tells us that we are to walk as a Christian. Look down at what he says in verses 16 and 17. He says, Then I say, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the same things that ye would. You know, walking in the spirit means that we're walking after Christ. That we're following Christ. That we're letting the spirit of God lead us. It means that we are walking in obedience. We're walking in obedience and not walking in sin or the flesh. We're not walking in the bondage of sin. We're not walking in the bondage of the law. We're walking in the Spirit. Christ, again, has freed us. Why would we want to walk in sin? Why would we want to walk in sin? And that's what the flesh is, walking in sin. Look at verses 19 and 21, or through 21. Look at what he says. Moreover, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, wantonness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, debate, emulations, wrath, contentions, seditions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, gluttony, and such like, whereof I tell you before, as I also have told you before, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All of those things are sinful that he mentions. But I want you to think about something else. When you look at those things that he mentions, each one of those things shows a lack of love. They show a lack of love. And we see this because one of the things he mentions is hatred. Christians are not to live doing these things. We can't live according to the flesh. If we say that we are a follower of Jesus Christ, we must follow Jesus Christ, and that means we are living in obedience to him. We live in obedience. And each of those things, when one falls to them and does them, they show a lack of love and they harm others. When we do these things, that shows no love of 
neighbor. Think about that. But they also show something else. They show a lack of love of God. They show a lack of love of God. When we fall into these sins, we are to live in love. Walk in love. We are to follow Christ and walk in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit means that we will produce the fruits of the Spirit. Now, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Look down at verses 22 and 23. These are the fruits of the Spirit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is... Now, look at the first one here. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperancy. Against such there is no law. The first fruit of the Spirit is love. But look at the next ones. Joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperancy. Every single one of those builds off the first. Love is the first because everything else that is a fruit of the Spirit builds upon it. Through love, you have joy. Through love, you have peace. Through love, you have patience, gentleness. You see how they build? Through love, you have faith. Our love of God will make us want to grow in the faith and our worship and obedience and need of God. Love produces meekness, temperancy. Everything builds upon love. To live as a follower of Christ means that we live and walk in love. And remember, how we live is a witness to the world. How we live is a witness to the world. Do people, when they look at you, do they see a follower of Jesus Christ? Do they see someone who is living in obedience to Jesus Christ? Do they see someone who is walking in love? Do they see love that comes as a follower of Jesus Christ? Or do they, do they see someone that lives in obedience to Jesus Christ? What do they see when they look at you? Do they see someone who's walking in the Spirit? Who's living in the Spirit? 
Who's letting the Spirit guide them? Or do they see the world? Do they see worldliness? Do they see someone living after the flesh? When people look at Christians, they should see Jesus Christ living in you. They should see his love flowing from you. So what do they see when they look at you? Do they see the world or do people see Jesus in you? Answer that as we stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we could just come today to worship. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if we have not been living for you, I just pray that you would speak to hearts, speak to minds, and let us know the changes that need to be made. And Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to be with us, continue to overshadow us through love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.